Welcome to the Connected Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Dawson. I'm a professional psychic medium and mentor. In this show, I'll be sharing my personal experiences as an intuitive and discussing my journey with mediumship development. But that's not all. I'll also be bringing in guests to talk about fascinating topics like near-death experiences, spiritual awakenings, astral traveling, encounters with interdimensional beings, energy healing, and more. Together through open and honest conversations, we'll challenge the way we think and support one another. My hope is that these discussions will help you connect with your own spirit and feel seen and validated in your experiences. So join me as we dive into inspiring conversations that are going to push boundaries and encourage personal growth. Get ready to explore new perspectives and embrace the power of connection. All right, let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Courtney here. So great to have you listening to today's episode of the Connected Spirit Podcast. Really pumped about today's episode. And my next guest, I really believe, was divinely guided into my path or mine hers because I really was looking for this topic of today's topic, you know, a psychic medium who also does paranormal investigations, but I really want to get into the nitty gritty and your girl found somebody who has checked all of the boxes. So let me introduce you to her. Her name is Cindy Ma. She is the founder of soul provider, healing arts and spiritual works. She's based in New Westminster, BC, Canada. She's a fellow Canadian. Cindy is a gifted Reiki master and an intuitive healer. She's also a psychic medium, and she has several years as a paranormal investigator to her arsenal. Her journey as a spirit and light worker began in her mid-20s through a series of different awakenings, and her development actually began around 2017, where she really received this nudge to move forward in her journey towards becoming a Reiki master and then a medium. And Cindy took the opportunity to be trained with gifted local mediums, as well as the United Kingdom. And she is sharing her love of working with spirit wherever she goes, whether that's through healing or doing private one-to-one sessions. Cindy can be found in and around her home base at the First United Spiritualist Church in Burnaby, BC. And she is speaking there. She's facilitating programs. She's promoting spiritualism. This girl does it all. She's in a lot of places. She's also a member of the SNU, which is spiritual or SNUI, the Spiritualist National Union International. So am I. I love it. And the ISF, the International Spiritualist Federation. And Cindy has appeared in live broadcasts with best-selling author Teza Zalacita. Cindy, is that how you spell it? Pronounce it? I thought so. Okay. Wasn't too sure. A podcast episode of the witching hour or half hour or so the August, 2023 issue of paranormal underground, as well as on CJSF radio 90.1, which just aired October 26th of this year. And having been through an end of life, AKA death doula program in 2023, Cindy is currently in development, working towards becoming a death doula. Holy smoke, Cindy. Holy smokes. Do you ever stop? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I love yeah. it. You can't. I 100% agree. You can't in this work, right? Do okay. you find like as you're continuing to grow and develop personally and spiritually, like there's always things that are coming up and that really kind of ignite your soul and you're like, this is the next step in my journey? As soon as I thought, okay, I, I've added one last thing to my to my list. There's always something that comes up that the spirit will give me that nudge or the whisper in my ear go, I think this will work for you. And is that nudge and that spirit 
what keeps me going because because we work with spirit and spirit, you have to trust spirit. And that's what I'm going with. <laughs> it's so true. I remember when I started in, in circle, I sat in circle for seven years. And the first thing that the teacher, my mentor at the time always said, you got to trust. If you don't trust you, you don't have as strong a connection with the spirit world that is possible for you. And that, and that's not always easy. I want to go back a little bit in your journey back into your early twenties, when you were having these spiritual awakenings, could you talk a little bit about some of those experiences and how it really led you to that point in 2017, where you're like, I'm going to answer spirit's call. I'm going to follow the voice of my soul and step into this work as an intuitive, as a healer, as a medium. We'll backtrack here a little bit further. I never, I never set out to become anything. I, I was going through a career change and that didn't happen. And this, this happened instead, but, but it all started with a fascination with me. I've always been fascinated about the spirit world and uh, watching paranormal shows when I was a teenager. And (laughs) yes. And my mother, my mother was always into it. She was, she had her own version of woo woo when I was like um, a child. And at first, uh, I start. I saw my first apparition or ghost when I was around seven years old, and I was allowed to talk about it. We, it was. I was raised on that and not fearing what the spirit world, world was like. So I was fortunate enough to to do that. But it all started with a fascination, and 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 speaking of my awakenings, I, I was trying to feel my way around life as a teenager. So I was trying to feel my sense of belonging in some group. So I had a group of friends who who were Christians and um, I go, hey, they were friends and and church and there's a group of gathering, they seem to be loving and I joined their church, I became a Christian. But, But the awakening didn't start until after I exited that church. Because I felt I, the more I got into it, the less I felt I belonged. If that makes any sense. Totally. And I felt that that wasn't me. So I had all these red flags going on and these light bulb and aha moments happening with me. And I thought, you know what? This isn't me. This isn't right for me. So I thought, okay, I'll exit this church and find my own path. And it is not until my mid-20s that I realized that that you can be spiritual without the religion part of it. So that's that's where I started. I go, I'm gonna be I can be I'm spiritual but not religious. And I thought, wow, that was profound in my life. And I stuck with that. Until this day, I'm still spiritual but not religious. And isn't there a sense of freedom with being able to embrace that spiritual aspect of ourselves and also the spiritual aspect of life, but not having to like confine ourselves to any dogma or doctrine or creed? Absolutely. I didn't want to leave my life always, always grabbing my Bible. Did I do this wrong? Did I do that right? Did I, what what did I do? Did, what Am I going to be um, persecuted? Oh my goodness. I felt I was always doing something wrong 
And I know deep down in my soul that I was a good person. But why do I feel like I'm always doing something wrong? So that did not go well with me. So being the, spirit, the spiritual side of it without the religion, I felt, okay, I have my own path. We're all different souls. We all live, live differently, but the same because we're all, we're all connected in some way. We're all working together towards the same goal to leave, leave this earth better than when you found it, right? So I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. And it's interesting because I was the same way. I like when you're sharing your story, I'm like, holy smokes, that's so similar <laughs> to mine. Like I grew up in the Christian church and oh, wow. I, I was told, like went to a private school, parents were elders in the church. And Cindy, I was seeing what they called dead people, but they weren't mm. people without bodies since mm. I was like two. And my parents just didn't know how to reconcile that or cope with it. And there was just so much that didn't resonate with with the, with the doctrine in the church. And that's why I never raised my kids in it. And then I was like, I really love that connection with God, but not religion. Exactly. Exactly. Just didn't fit for me. And it's interesting how spiritualism has, does offer that, but some people will take it more religious, if that makes sense. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So where did you find yourself then at that point around 2017? Like, where were you at in your life where you're like, I'm going to, I've got to start doing some exploring into these abilities and begin training. I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't sell to, to get some training. I, I just, well, for some people, they consciously say, okay, I like to do this. I like to do that and what whatnot. But for me, I, <laughs> I took a fascination and, and made it a hobby instead because I find that I find that hobbies are more fun because they're doing it out of your interest your own interest rather than doing it as work because work you feel like you're obligated you got clients you gotta do this and you gotta meet expectations so I just started as a hobby go hey this is this is so cool and watching people do do Reiki and having these hands-on healing and 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 having to be able to make the recipient feel good and balance their energy and their auras. And, and I thought, wow, that's the coolest thing I've ever experienced. So I thought, why not go with it, roll with it. I just kept rolling with it as, as you say, you know, (laughs) and fell into it. You know, what's so interesting. So many people do that. And like for people that are listening, you're going to find that if you are getting these breadcrumbs along the way of your path, and it leads you to a certain place, that is the divine leading you to where you need to be. And you don't always have to be out there searching. Sometimes it literally falls in your lap. As they say, they, in the Reiki world, Reiki finds you. You don't find Reiki. Yes. Yes. me. I go, what? Nothing ever finds me, but I thought, oh my God, this is, this is so cool. I, sh- I should do this, use it wisely and, and be off service in a way, you know? <laughs> I love the Reiki. I did. I mean, my listeners have heard me say this several times. It does find you, but it's interesting because I kept getting the call from the Reiki to do the training. There was something within me, Cindy. I don't know what it was. I was even a bit nervous about it. And I'm like, why? I don't know. Even though I was going for Reiki, but me actually being attuned to it, I go, what the heck? So I went to Maui, didn't realize Maui's like 
full of Reiki. Wow. Yeah. I was buzzing. It's the epicenter. Yeah. I had no clue. And I was vibing the whole time. I was like, holy smokes, this mm-hmm. place is charged. Mm-hmm. And then my friend who's got a place there, she's like, yeah, that's what my is all about. I'm like, what? total healing <laughs> Island. So when I came back, I flew home in January, literally the net I got in, I don't know, like it was like 12 hours later off the plane. I was in a weekend workshop getting my Reiki one and two. And I'll tell you, it changes your life, but it's this calling and it completely transforms your life. It is, it's not a fad. I, it's, I feel like sometimes people, they have like this conception of it kind of like it's a fad oh let's get our reiki no no when reiki calls you it is a it's, it's a, a journey it's, it's a, a journey yeah it's a journey and and not only that is it's a way for you to do your own shadow work do your own healing so that you can work, walk the path of a reiki master it's not something to take lightly it's something to take seriously Definitely. And, and when, once you get your symbols, you get initiated, you have to use it in a way that it it preserves the art of integrity. There's integrity part of it, working honestly. You can't wor- do this work if you're not honest. 100%. Exactly. 100%. I love it. We got the same philosophy, girl. Mm-hmm. Love exactly. It. Love it. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. That's so awesome. No, that resonates. <laughs> How did you find yourself getting into paranormal investigations? I'd love to pick your brain about that. Well, it's, as I said, many of my things have started with a fascination as a little, little girl. So this fascination turned into a hobby. In terms of the paranormal investigation, as, ever since I was little, even, even early teens, and watching all these paranormal shows, right? Especially a- Asian ones, they're so super scary. And and then I thought, see these actors playing medium, contacting the spirit world. I thought that's so super cool. And I and I thought, you know, it'd, it'd be it'd be cool to be able to do that. And and then when I saw actual mediums, not actors. Uh, speaking to the dead, <laughs> I I got excited. I go, these things really existed. So so I so it was a fascination with me. And ever since then, I go, it would be cool, so cool. And even throughout my twenties, it would be so cool to be part of a team. <laughs> I think I manifested this. Definitely. You know, I, I totally believe that, Cindy, because I believe <laughs> if we have a thought and a feeling that yes. matches, it creates that vibration where we move into that, into the vortex, you know, and we manifest those desires. And it's really law of attraction. So yeah, exactly. like you did, love. Uh, yeah. Throughout my 20s, I thought, okay, I saw this medium talking to the dead. I thought it was really cool. And, and all these shows about the paranormal, going to a location that's haunted. I go, Haunted! Oh my God, that's so it's so exciting. So it's so as soon as I had those thoughts, I go, it would be really, really cool to be part of a team throughout my twenties, throughout my thirties, and lo and behold, uh, a team, a team came to to Fortune Night Spiritualist Church, my church, and they 
and happened to be there, I, I needed to be there to for them to sign sign the paperwork. And they said, uh, why don't you join us? So, hell yeah. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that was the biggest hell yeah I ever said in my entire life. So, so I, I I joined their investigation and uh, I witnessed what they did and all their equipment and and next thing I know it they the the weeks ahead they had other investigations that they were booked in for and they started inviting me out. Uh, they go they. And I go, yes, 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 yes. They go, oh my goodness, Cindy, you're so enthusiastic. I go, of course I am. That's what I've been, been The dream wanting. come true. <laughs> and the dream come true, yes. I'm living my dream. And this, is, this is incredible. <laughs> this is incredible. Okay, so like, what are some of like the most fascinating or like unexplainable paranormal phenomena that you've had or experienced in your investigations? Well, a lot you know, okay, let's just, <laughs> Hollywood sensationalizes a lot of the stuff, and, and there's no such a thing as people screaming, running down the corridors, and, and all these, all these interesting special effects, and, and all these camera panning, and, and the cameraman just screaming down the hall, and all these weird camera movements, right? That's just Hollywood. I hate to break it to your audience, but Hollywood just dramatizes everything. But in the real world, I wouldn't say they're scary or anything. It's just fascinating that we were, the team the team I'm with, Cornerstone Supernatural, I kind of plug them a little bit. <clears throat> we went into... BC Penitentiary. And and anyone knows that if you if you've driven through New West, Minster, BC, you would see a building that looks like a castle that used to be the old BC Penitentiary. Okay, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. The house prisoners and it's been there forever. So down, so we were all gathered in a room. And we know how many investigators we investigators we have, and we were doing a spirit box session, asking spirit how many how many of you are around, and a bunch of questions. How many how many of us do you see, or what's your name? Asking spirit a bunch of questions. But we were in a room, and so the doors were closed. Everyone was in the room, and me and another investigator were sitting right beside each other. And a minute, a minute or two into the into our, our session, we turned to each other and we said, "Did you hear footsteps outside in the hallway?" And I said, "Yeah." And she also said, "Yeah, we heard the same footsteps." And we both looked around the room and go, "Everyone's in here. There, and the doors are locked. There shouldn't be anyone in the hallway." So we're going, "Wow." We were kind of freaked out, but not. We were yeah. freaking out because we were excited uh, that we heard something that shouldn't be there. So that was a, we wouldn't call that scary, but it was exciting. Definitely compelling. Yes. With 
with the spirit box, Cindy, Mm -hmm. what sort of messages have come through from the other side that you've been able to hear like an audible spirit voice speaking through the box? One of of the ones that excited me was in another investigation in another location was, was we were asking spirit um, questions like, how long have you been, been here? And the spirit goes, a long time. They don't go, they don't really speak through complete sentences. They're all like one or two, maybe up to three words. And we asked, we asked it, well, are, are, how long have you been here? And he said, long time. Another question we asked it was, but do you like being here? He goes, no, it's cold. It's cold. Too cold. And we thought, we thought it was interesting. He, he wanted, he wanted, he might have passed away without a blanket or, or, or in a very, very, in a way that he didn't want to. Very interesting. So interesting. So how do you, when you're doing these investigations, not only are you an investigator, but you're also a psychic medium, mm-hmm. how does that work together? The, the intuitive abilities, and then also the, the investigating, does it help your investigation? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. We all believe, well, some of us believe that having a psychic medium on an investigation is an essential tool because we do sense by smelling, by, by clairvoyance, our hearing, tasting, and all those clairs that we use for sensing. And th- these senses are not like evidential mediumship, aka mental medium, where you're bringing forth a loved one. But instead, we, we sense the energies in those locations. We are all made up of energy. So, so anytime uh, when there's imprints of the energies, they get left behind. In the case of of investigation that we did, I say we because I'm talking about me and my team, Cornerstone, that we were in in this room down the basement. It was three hour investigation, and uh, an hour into it, I I didn't get anything. Uh, it takes a, a little while for for the spirit to show up, be comfortable with us, uh, and two hours into it, nothing. I go, oh my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm the medium. Why am I, I'm supposed to be doing my job. Come on out guys. You know? So, so finally they start showing signs and there's pockets of energy. And all of a sudden I'm getting all these visions, Go, okay, there's, there's this gentleman who, who enjoyed being here because of this and this and this. And, and I sensed that this woman, it was part of, part of this. We were at the museum. And he, she loved hanging out there and she didn't want to leave. She was very much part of it. So, so using all their senses, you're able to pick up those energies. And it's a very fascinating work. Definitely. It's very fascinating work because, because as a paranormal investigation team, they often use equipment, equipment and tools. They, you, you see them having cases of, the cameras and the REM pods, as well as the K2 meter. But <laughs> it's too bad that I don't fit into their case because they bring me along as part of their tool. Part, and I'm, I am the equipment as a psychic medium. Definitely. Yes. 
So when you're doing these investigations, is it to document like paranormal investigation or do people call you in and say, can you figure out who or what is here and can you clear it? We don't do clearing. Okay. The only reason because some of some of the some of the people that reaches out to us for um, investigation, they just simply want to know what's happening, uh, whether we need to debunk it or verify that it is paranormal. And uh, we, we don't do any clearing because some, some of the owners or residents, they don't want to be cleared. And some of the spirits, they just like to hang out. They don't want to be cleared. We don't go there. Not all spirits want to cross over and that's okay. That's, that's a okay. very that's a very interesting um, statement that you make because there is a lot of controversy in the spiritual community that not every single person crosses over to the other side, whether it be their quote unquote stuck or they've made a conscious choice to be here in the physical world or to stay here in the 3D world. And I'm curious if you could share like your philosophy based on your own experiences, because I'm pretty open to the possibility that people choose to stay here. I have in my work as an ordained spiritualist minister have gone with some other mediums and we have cleared home for some people that were causing some disturbances, some spirit people that were causing some issues. And then, and they, they were a little bit, they needed some encouragement. But then there's been other spirit people that I've encountered where it's not that they're there all the time, but they like to hang out. So like, where, where do you kind of fit in the mix with this, Cindy, based on your experiences? I am, I am of the neutral nature because it all depends on the situation and all depends on the location and the people who live in that location. And it is up to the second medium to communicate with the spirit. Would you ask the spirit, would you like to cross over if they're stuck? And if they come back with the answer, yes, please help me. Then yes, I would go ahead with that and help help the people. But if they're if they don't want to, only because we are energy, we have consciousness. So does spirit. Spirit has consciousness. And it is up to them, just like as humans, to make that choice. Do, do we want to go or not? Or do they do the spirits want to go or not? As as humans, we, we want to transition the spirit world, but for spirits, would they want to transition into that world as well? And let them empower them, have that choice. Just like we as humans were given choices, free will. So, but if the spirits, they come back as answer, no, I don't want to leave because I love it here. Why not empower them and give, give them that choice? And, and so we, we will, some of these spirits are only causing, causing a disturbance just because they just want to make themselves known to say hello. Just like your loved ones coming through in a, in a evidential mediumship demonstration. They're just coming here to say hello. Work with them. Yeah. If you work with them, they'll work with you. Say, hey, you're welcome to be here. Just, just stop knocking things over. That's it. You know, they're not negative energy. They're not mean. They don't mean to do these things. They just want to make themselves known, just like our loved ones from the other side. As simple as that. Very. 
I love that because there are so many different philosophies and I believe like our belief systems are really based on our own experiences. And so, Precisely. yeah, and it's really good to have other people's opinions shared because again, mm-hmm. it really helps people feel seen and validated in their own experiences in your work as a paranormal investigator. What would you say has been like the, the investigation, the big one where you're like, (laughs) holy smokes, I can't believe we captured that. Or we were able to witness that. Like, do you have the big, the big one where you're like, holy smokes, something just went down and we documented it. Oh, for sure. There's this one investigation, which I personally enjoyed was, is actually one of one of the most haunted locations in the world, which is the Billy Bishop Legion Hall. If if your listeners Google Billy Bishop Legion Hall, you'll find that it's listed one of the top 10 Canada's haunted locations. In the world, probably the top 50, but in Canada's top 10. And, And one thing that I felt that was really, 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 really cool about that investigation was was that we found we found activity downstairs in the basement where the where the bar was and there's two levels there's the where, there's the legion top level and down below there's the, the bar the Philip bishop legion bar so down at the bar is very active because there's there's a few spirits who like to hang hang out there and we have captured voices like EVP voice, electronic voice phenomenon. And we have captured, like me and a medium were in the investigation too. And we felt that the spirit were, were behind us. And we felt that, oh, for, for me personally, I was, I was standing right right where the fireplace was. And all of a sudden I had, I had tapped on my shoulder and I turned around. It was like, not a light tap. It's like a hard tap at, as if somebody go, hey, um, and turn around, there's nobody there. Absolutely nobody there. Um, and and, and it's on the same night, I, was, I went up there because uh, we, we were split into groups. I was up, I was up there um, and I wanted to go downstairs. And so as, as soon as I approached the stairway to go downstairs, I, I tripped. Trips on something hard. I felt something hard, unconsciously. So I look. I, I turn around. And I go, how did I trip on something hard when nothing was there? And so, and so when I, when I asked the, the question, I go, what was what was there before? And and the not the owners but the manager, one of the managers, said that that very location is where somebody had died. Wow. So unconsciously, I picked up that there was a body. I tripped over a body that was there oh my before. God. So that was profound for me. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> like so you can't whoa. make this, you can't make this stuff up. No. So I had when when I when I found that out, it sent chill down my spine and goose goosebumps along my arm. I go, whoa. Okay. So I picked that up subconsciously because I tripped over something I didn't know why I tripped over but a body was there before years and years and years ago it wasn't recent but years ago so that's incredible 
because that's obviously like a really strong energy signature that's imprinted within that space. Mm -hmm. Precisely. Oh, that's so fascinating. So fascinating. <laughs> Can you share like in your, in your work as being a psychic medium and your paranormal investigative work, how is it changed or enhanced or supported your understanding of the spirit world in the afterlife? Oh, it definitely supported my journey as a, a psychic medium only because it expanded my horizons and broadened my abilities to do the work as a light worker, as a spirit worker, um, because it stretches my abilities. Not not only not only I can do evidential mediumship, and that that's just one one aspect, but this is another category of mediumship. So the ability to do my work as a psychic medium, it really, it really gives me a, gives me a learning curve each time I go in, because every time I do this, I learn something new. And, and anyone knows who's in this type of work, know that we never stop learning. We're a forever student with the spirit world. And as soon as we thought, thought oh, I've done a million investigations, nothing's new to me something comes up always always absolutely oh that's so fascinating for those that are listening and still like maybe they're a little bit skeptical or unsure about paranormal investigators ones what is one thing that you would love to share to kind of demystify what the whole purpose of paranormal investigation is, is all about what our purpose is is not to conjure up spirit number one we number one rule is not to do that. Spirits don't like to be bugged or bothered, just like as humans. If we're sleeping, why are you bothering us? We will get so mad at you for even waking us up. But it's the same as with the spirits. Spirits have have their own, you know, downtime, just like humans. And if you conjure them up. You're just going to attract negative energy to your space. You're just going to, to not get what you wanted. And you're going to just, just wreak havoc in the whole situation. If you freak out, they're going to freak out. And you're not working with the light. They're not going to be working with the light. So, so what? That's, that's, that's the number one thing. Never, ever go into a location want to conjure conjure up anything that will open up so many doors for you that you don't you can't close and you have, have you had and have you come across people who've done that and then they've can I say kind of reaped the consequences of their actions I've heard some stories but I personally have not encountered any I've heard some stories and I and we say what were you thinking you go in there as an investigator to know about the spirit, to know the residents of the spirit. And the spirits want to get to know you. And you want to open up that, open up those doors where you want to communicate with them and have them open up to you so that we may form a story, form a relationship. Rather than rather than rather than your investigator, their spirit, we're here to we're here to cause trouble. 
or a disturbance. That's not what an investigator does. And you now we have to work with honesty and, and, and integrity. So that, that me really means we have to work in a way that the spirit would open up to us. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> you can't co- go in there guns a blazing and no, start yelling uh, and screaming and demanding they come out. Like they're still people and they deserve respect and compassion and love. And, precisely. And I love the philosophy that you and your team use when you are approaching these investigations, because it's also letting the other side know that there are people, if need be, that are available to help them, to communicate with them, to show their stories, to be understood. And it's another form of allowing the two worlds to communicate. Exactly. You're, you're still bringing the two worlds together, the spirit world and, and our world. It's just differently at different level. You want to understand them. They want to understand you. And you're not there to, they want, we need to have the spirit world to understand that we're not here to hurt them. We're not here to hurt them. They, we just want to communicate with you. Simple as that. So tips for anybody who is interested in becoming a paranormal investigator, what would you suggest? Like before they even get into this, is there maybe some questions they need to ask themselves? And if they, you know, if they get the answers where they're like, okay, I'm going to step forward in this, any suggestions? Number one rule is to have an open mind. Always an open mind because you never know what you're going to get. Um, number two is always bring protection, protect yourself. I, I always protect yourself by doing a prayer beforehand or, or as simple as asking our creator, our spirit team to, to surround ourselves with the golden white light um, because some of the spirits are so used to um, people going to locations want to, wanting to conjure them up and making them mad that that whenever another investigator or other people or other energies enter their space, they get defensive and they and they causing disturbance and you feel like that they're evil or negative, but they're not. They're just like humans. They go, you're in my space. I, I don't want anything to do with you. But you have to you have to get them to trust you. So work with the light, work with the love, and you'll you'll bring um better outcomes and results that you want. Amazing. Um, great. And These always great tips. and number three, yeah. Um, make sure you're a night owl. <laughs> make sure you're a night owl. Because the majority of the investigators investigations I have done were at nighttime. In the case of the Bill Bishop one was from I believe it was 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And why is that? Why are the investigations done at night? Is it so that, is it because activity is increased or is it because like the, the night vision cameras can pick stuff up? Like, how does that work? Even though, even though investigations can be done either broad daylight or nighttime, but for me personally, nighttime is more spooky. It's more fun. (laughs) It's more fun. It's like, oh, wow. I'm it's playtime. Let's go out and play and learn about what the spirit world has has uh, has in store for us. 
It's incredible. Cindy, <laughs> it's been so awesome to be able to connect with you and have you share your story, your journey, and then this work with being a paranormal investigator. I mean, I could sit here and ask so many questions more about- Oh, we, what, can, we can go on, on. Done. It's so incredible. I find it so absolutely fascinating, but what really lands for me is- like your why, your philosophy of why you're doing the work and how you approach it with such integrity and love towards the spirit world. Because sadly, we don't always see that with, you know, fellow investigators. No, <laughs> no, you, you have to approach it with love and compassion. These yeah. are, like I said earlier, that these spirits were people too. And we have to respect them. Their energies, just like us. It doesn't, no many many psychic mediums they don't want to do a paranormal investigations because they think that they're of the lower vibration but hey people have lower and higher vibrations as well yeah exactly I agree. there's no such thing as oh they're evil spirits we can't go there but people can be evil people can be good yeah too Absolutely. Cindy, how can people get in touch with you? How can they find you? You can get in touch with me via my Facebook page, Soul Provider Healing Arts and Spiritual Works. And you will know it's me because I have a picture of myself and, and the logo has a Buddha on it. And you'll find this in the show notes, everybody. Mm -hmm. So get in touch with Cindy if you have a location perhaps that needs to be investigated or if you're wanting to contact her for healing or reading, get in touch with her. Oh, Cindy absolutely. Yeah. I, I go, my healings, I, I come to your home. Oh. I come to your home. I'm a mobile healer. So feel free to contact me and I'll be right there. Oh, that's incredible. I didn't know that. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> it's been so amazing to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on here, sharing your story and your journey and your wisdom with my listeners. It's been amazing. It, is, it has been amazing. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Connected Spirit Podcast. I hope you enjoyed diving into this beautiful conversation. And if you loved what you heard, be sure to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. Your feedback means the world to me, and it helps me reach more people who can benefit from these conversations. Remember, you're not alone in your spiritual journey. So stay connected with me on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. My handle is at Medium Courtney Dawson. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter, The Connected Spirit, and the link is in the show notes. Keep exploring, keep growing, and always remember that there's a greater purpose guiding you on this incredible journey. Until next time, stay connected and embrace the power of your spirit.